Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater The Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. You may know him as Brooklyn's Drag King of the Year from his YouTube channel, or as the Bubbly Lime King, it's the one, the only, Max Pleasure. Hello, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good. It, it's currently January. We're, we're recording in January. Who knows when this will be out? But yeah, I think the fun thing is there's only a couple more days of Donald Trump. Yeah, I I honestly, I can't believe it's January I, I can believe that the inauguration is so soon because I have mm-hmm. a countdown on my phone. <laughs> I do too, but for different reasons, because my birthday is inauguration day. So I, I celebrate my birthday every four years with a presidential inauguration. Well, I hope you have a good birthday this year. Me too. I <laughs> turned 30 on Donald Trump's inauguration and it was one of the worst birthdays I've ever had. Oh. So hopefully this one will be a little better. Yeah. Oh man, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. We'll see. There's already been a little um, hiccup in my birthday plans. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, people? But we're gonna have a Zen moment today. We're just gonna we're gonna chill out. We're we're gonna let, have fun and we're gonna talk to you. Wait, so you're an Aquarius, though? I am the dawning of the age of Aquarius. I'm also an Aquarius. Oh, fun! Aquariuses mm-hmm. are cool. Yeah, I I think you know. I like. I was them. I was gonna do like an Aquarius. Um, show kind of like for a birthday show but i couldn't find enough aquarians who do drag very Uh, weird yeah i'm trying to think there's me miss malice from switch and play Mm -hmm. it's also an aquarius no aria dirty is an aquarius uh ruby rue um a good group yeah a good group but i wasn't like i don't know if i can put a show together but maybe next year if we're still in quarantine hopefully not fingers crossed yeah lots of fingers crossing today <laughs> well i'm very excited to talk about you and in all the podcasts i do i always like to start from the beginning and ask the question where are you from um so i grew up in new york state mm-hmm. i'm from rockland county okay cool i'm yeah. from bergen county new jersey Oh, yeah. See, that's, I always like, when people are like, oh, where is that? I'm like, well, it's right on the border of New mm-hmm. Jersey. So close to New Jersey that I didn't pump my own gas for yep. years. Yep. That's it. Where, where in Rockland County? Orangeburg. Okay, cool. I'm from Mawa. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up in Rockland County? Um, it was fine. <laughs> I mean, it. I definitely felt like living so close to the city definitely influences the atmosphere, you know, absolutely. Like, on a good day, it could be 20 minutes to get from Orangeburg to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that definitely had an effect on what my upbringing was like. Sure. I, I consider myself very lucky that I didn't have 
that adolescence that was like, I don't know any other gay people. Like there's, I, you know, like it, it felt good to be kind of near to things. Mm -hmm. Did you travel into the city often? Yeah, my family, my dad loves taking us on excursions. I'm an Mm -hmm. identical triplet and I have a younger sister. So my dad loved loading up the van and taking us to see Broadway shows or um, visiting my dad at the office. That was always very exciting. Did you, well, okay, let's go go back and see if you can remember. What was your first Broadway show? What did you see? Maybe The Lion King? Okay, all right. Mine was Beauty and the Beast. Oh, wait, was mine Beauty and the Beast? No, I think mine was The Lion King. Okay, nice. Yeah, I also um, saw Phantom of the Opera. Mm -hmm. I, I love Phantom of the Opera so much. Um, what other shows? Yeah, no, The Lion King was definitely the first and very impressionable. I remember Absolutely. Like, so, like, it's amazing how they do it. It still is, you know, so. And what, and one day soon we'll get back to having live theater in, in, on the Broadway again. Hopefully. Seeing theater being close to New York, were you a theater person? Did you partake in theater? Yes, I, um, me and my siblings did musical theater. Mm-hmm. We did like the little summer camps, but we also did the big productions. Okay. Um, but yeah, that would happen during the year. Stage left children's theater is what Cute. it was called. Yeah. The thing is though, I can't sing at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't carry a tune. I can kind of dance though. So okay. I think that's what kind of got me into the productions also because I think the director felt bad that they would cast my siblings and not me. So I like, <laughs> like shoveled in there. So were you always an ensemble member? Yes. <laughs> Tree number five? Yeah, never mic'd. Uh-huh. Never. Um, I, and, but like, I loved having like the dancing ensemble parts. I was um, a bamboo dancer in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Of course, yes, yes, yes. My absolute favorite. I also, of course, was in Gaston during our production of Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I was a dancing napkin also. As you have to be. Yeah, it was fun. I really liked, it was nice not having the pressure of being able to carry a tune, <laughs> so. So if you, okay. Let, let's take that Beauty and the Beast experience and bring it to now. If you had to be a dancing utensil or, or, or furniture piece, what would you be now as Max Pleasure? Oh, um, oh shit. I feel like Max Pleasure would be um, the footstool that barks at people. In the okay, movie. yeah, yeah. I feel like he could really inhabit that energy mm-hmm. very well. I could also see Max Pleasure as like Lumiere. Yeah, he definitely has those flamboyant vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Or so you know, I feel like I'm, I have to correct myself. I feel like he's definitely more of um, the feather duster. Okay, okay. What's her name? She has. She's like a sexy French girl. Plumet? No, no. What is it? I don't remember. What is her name? <gasps> I don't remember. We'll, the <laughs> listeners will let us know. They'll let, <laughs> tell us who the, the the feather duster was. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. So, 
you did theater. What, where did you end up going to school and what did you study? I went to SUNY Purchase. Okay. And I studied new media, mm-hmm. which like is this jack of all trades. It was a fairly new program when I got into it, but it was a very eclectic education. Um, that's when I first got into performance art. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And and was it at through drag or just performance art in general? Well, um, there was a performance art class that mm-hmm. I took. And then there was also a little drag scene forming at the same time. I didn't like connect the two. Sure. Like duh, like drag is performance art. I didn't connect that until after I had graduated and was using the things that I had learned in my performance art class on the stage in Brooklyn. Nice. Um, now, did you overlap with Sherry Poppins at yes. school? Okay. Yep. We'll, we'll uh, definitely be talking about her later on, but okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say. A lot of fun stories <laughs> about Sherry. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like there, are, there, there was this drag scene happening at SUNY Purchase. A lot of people that I spoke to who went to the school happened to start their drag career there. Yeah, that's, there's so many of us too. Me, Sherry Poppins, Ms. Jade, Linda Felcher, Christ with a Q, Thorgy Thor went there. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of McGriddles also did also. Fifi Dubois was a Purchase alum. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. There's definitely many more that sounds like there needs to be a a purchase drag digital drag show. There should be, there definitely should be. And none of the money goes back to the school. Nope. (laughs) We'll keep it all. We spend enough money there. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about the origins of drag. What, how did it all start for you? Um, There was a drag king at Purchase who needed backup dancers Mm -hmm. for the big SUNY Purchase drag competition. And I was like, yes, I can like bring out my dancing napkin moves and (laughs) feel my femme fantasy. Um, And I was a backup dancer a few times. And then I was like, actually, like, I think I want to try and make a mix and I want to choreograph and have backup dancers. And I really got into drag because I wanted to perform and like have have on every hat, the director hat, the choreographer hat. That's what really excited me about drag. And um, it kind of just snowballed from there. Did you start off as Max Pleasure or was there a, a, a someone first? There was someone first. <laughs> um, very briefly, I didn't see, like when I first started drag, there there weren't many drag kings at purchase. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know of any other drag kings either. Um, this was only back in 2014, but still there there seemed to be a lot less drag kings than there are now. Right. So there weren't a lot of positive examples of masculinity. So when I first started drag, I was like, okay, I'm a man. So I have to be a womanizer and I have to like dry hump my backup Mm -hmm. dancers, you know? Um, Luckily that phase did not last long for me. Um, Max Pleasure was kind of a step in the more um, feminist direction. Mm -hmm. 
how did you come up with the name Max Pleasure? Because it's a pretty awesome name. Thank you. I unfortunately cannot take the credit. I, my college boyfriend was like trying to be supportive. It was my first time in the competition. So I was really Mm -hmm. nervous. He was like, okay, like you said, you need a new name because your previous name isn't going to cut it. I looked up some like punny names um, and he shared the list with me and Max Pleasure was one of them. Um, I do take responsibility for the three X's though. That was all right. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That was my idea. Um, but yeah. How would you describe Max's persona? Um, Max Pleasure is a rough around the edges rock star with a sensitive center. (laughs) I like that. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. That's how I like to say it. I definitely am inspired by the rocker types. When I first started drag a few years ago, Johnny Depp was a Mm -hmm. big inspiration. Um, And I still do look a lot like him with my facial hair, my long hair. Um, As I've done drag more and more, I've found inspiration from more positive role models. Mm -hmm. Harry Styles is like my favorite little X is like such an icon. So I definitely am getting into more queer inspirations, more positive, um, kind people instead of the original inspirations, which were Johnny Depp, Mick Jagger, who else? David Bowie, of course, mm-hmm. was also an early inspiration. There, like, there's, a, there's definitely a, a little bit of a Freddie vibe too. Yes, yes, of course. That. You just can't beat that theatricality. Like, right. yeah, he, he's he's a hero of mine. I, I'm a big fan of his. How long does it take to transform into Max on, on, on an average day? Um, I like to give myself two hours. Um, when I first started, it would take me 30 minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's because I didn't know anything about contouring or eye makeup for the stage or anything like that. Over time, I've gotten a lot more, I guess my makeup, um, my makeup, my makeup technique has gotten a lot more fine tuned over the years. So now it'll take me like an hour and a half to two hours to transform. Obviously YouTube is a place where you can find a video about literally anything. And I feel like a lot of the drag tutorials are drag queen based. Did you ever find any drag king tutorials that helped you out as you were developing your makeup skills? See, the interesting thing about that is that in the beginning, I just flew by the seat of my pants. Sure. I think because the idea of being a traditionally masculine man, I think that really scared me. I also like was so afraid of looking silly. So like my first few times performing in drag, I didn't even do facial hair because I was so scared of, just scared of making a fool out of myself of Mm -hmm. looking silly. Um, I'm happy I've shaked some of that off um, as the time has gone on, but there definitely um, are a lot of makeup tutorials out there geared at kings like specifically like um like a stipple beard Mm -hmm. i've seen some of that 
um, applying uh, applying wigs. That's another resource. I'm hoping to bring some of that educational material to my own YouTube channel. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, just because like there isn't a lot of representation for kings. Kings really have to go out there and look for tips, look mm -hmm. for tricks, look for other kings to look up to and learn from. So I'm hoping to like supply that content on my own channel. A absolutely. So what are some of the misconceptions of being a drag king? Because obviously main media today is all about being a drag queen. But what, what are we getting wrong about drag kings? Um, not every drag king wants to be called daddy. <laughs> okay, there you go. The, that's, that. that's the number one misconception. And actually it speaks to a greater mm, idea that people have wrong. Um, not all drag kings are hypersexual. And um, I've heard so many times other um other performers introduce drag kings to the stage or after a king finishes his number, it's, oh, I'm wet. Oh, that was such a turn on. It's like, but some drag kings don't go for that. Right. Sometimes responding in a sexual manner isn't really called for or appropriate. Sure. You know, that's definitely a misconception that grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. So we're currently in this lockdown period. Bars really aren't having shows as much. And it's really an opportunity for the nightlife scene in general to reconvene and restructure how things will move forward. How can we support drag kings and bring them into the bar scene like they haven't been before? I think that it's so... It's so unfortunate because in Brooklyn, especially, kings were really, there was a new drag king group, the Cake mm -hmm. Boys, that had just kind of started and were really like, really getting into the swing of things. And right. then COVID happened. So I'm hoping that the Cake Boys will pick up right where they left off as soon as bar life resumes. I'm hoping more generally that drag kings will be in a lineup with drag queens, with mm -hmm. drag things, other non-identified drag performers. Um, and I'm hoping that when those kings are in the lineup, they're treated with the same respect as any other drag queen in the lineup. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Where would you want to come back and perform? Where, where, where's your ideal venue? I'm hoping to perform in Manhattan. Yeah, let's make it happen. Where do you want to, name a place? Let, let, let's let them hear this. <laughs> um, oh my God, let me think. Um, I've never performed at Pieces before. Mm -hmm. um, where else? I've performed at Manhattan here and there. Yeah. But I definitely, I would say yes when asked, but the idea of performing in Manhattan is kind of really intimidating as a Brooklyn kid. Sure. Someone, I wish I could remember who said it, but someone was like, yeah, Manhattan drag is different than Brooklyn drag because in Brooklyn, you're performing to fellow artists. In Manhattan, yes. you're performing to performers. Yeah, that, so, that, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah, I, 
I'm hoping to kind of, I definitely want to still feel my artsy fartsy fantasy in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. but I'm also looking forward to hopefully um, making some connections with Manhattan performers and kind of getting to experience that kind of performing. Absolutely. Train that muscle a little. You've mentioned Brooklyn drag. For you, what is your interpretation of Brooklyn drag? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Brooklyn drag is its own specific art form Mm -hmm. in that it's so eclectic. You could see a show in Brooklyn. One performer will be doing a spoken word piece. Another would be doing this almost like a magic trick with projections, Sasha Velour style. Another performer will give you a dance, uh, what's the phrase, boots down, boots the house down. Like Brooklyn drag is so special in that so many artists bring different things to the table. Um, So I guess eclectic is the word. (laughs) I like that, I I like that word. Is Brooklyn drag clicky? Are there, I know there, there are definitely families of sorts, but do you find Brooklyn drag to be clicky at all or is it a nice community? I think it depends who you ask. Some mm-hmm. people will say there's major clicky vibes. Um, I actually don't know how I feel. I'm not sure what my answer to that question is. I think there are definitely groups There are definitely performers who hang in the same circles, but then there's also a lot of people who jump from one circle to the next two. There's definitely a lot of overlap and crisscross. And you even see that on the stages also, like I was just saying, like you'll see, uh, you know, there's, there's also, there's a lot of crossover with burlesque and drag. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. in Brooklyn and even more generally as well. But I guess if I had to say yes or no, no, I don't think Brooklyn drag is very clicky. All right, all right. You have been able to participate in some huge Brooklyn-based events, including nightgowns and Bushwig. What were those experiences like for you, knowing that you've hit the big leagues of Brooklyn drag? Man, nightgowns was so so exciting and so special for me. I only did nightgowns once and that was back in 2018. And I still like, I still count it as like one of my top drag moments just because it felt, it felt really validating to be mm-hmm. booked out of the blue by such an amazing artist by Sasha who is worldwide famous you know as a winner of RuPaul's Drag Race so it felt very validating it also felt very it really motivated me to continue doing drag and it's still I still find it I guess aspirational even though I've already done nightgowns I definitely want to capture that feeling again of bringing (laughs) a number that I'm really proud of that's well-constructed, that's rehearsed, that's really thought out and bringing that to a really special stage and sharing it with also so many people. 
Right. You know, that was the most, actually my nightgowns was, um, a president's day weekend mm-hmm. and we did two nights, two shows each night. So that was also a really special experience. Yeah. Like doing, okay, here's the number. Oh, and you get a second chance. And a week from now, you get two more chances to do the number again and to feel this special atmosphere. Yeah, it's, I like the, the, I've been to National Sawdust a few more times since then. Mm-hmm. And like, I've seen Switch and Plays shows. I've seen a few more nightgowns performances there. And every time I'm in that space, it feels like I was just there the day before. Yeah. Like it has this weird, that space has such a weird dreamlike space in my head. I don't know why, but yeah, it was really special to me. And it's, it's great to do Bushwig. I've done Bushwig three times and I'm so grateful. That's another one that I'm like, this is such a special opportunity. And, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's great that it's the total homegrown thing. Like that's where Chada and Babes Trust who are putting this together, who've grown this massive event from a really small party that they did once. You know, it's amazing to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't remember which year it was, but I feel like the first time I did see you perform was at Bushwig. And it is, it, it, it's, it's an experience that every drag connoisseur needs to experience. Because it's not just like a room of like 10, 15 people watching drag all day. It's electrifying. You can't move in that space. Yeah. Like the knockdown center is like huge and you can't move in there. Yeah. Electrifying is the perfect word for it, I think. Yeah. And it it does have this beauty now where they are bringing these mainstream drag race artists to the show. They're bringing the Dragula girls to the show while still celebrating the homegrown heroes of Brooklyn. Yeah. And even like, there are people who are fresh, you know, there are, my first year at Bushwig was, I think my third time performing in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's really great too, that there are people who are fresh, you know, who, who get on that stage and show themselves to so many people. So when you did come to New York to start doing drag, who were some of the first people that helped you out on your journey? Uh, Miss Malice from Switch and Play. <clears throat> um, I had performed at a college gig at Manhattan College, mm-hmm. Manhattanville, um, which is the neighbor of SUNY Purchase. And Kay James was also booked for that show. And I met Kay. I was like, oh my God, like this is a real drag performer. I'm so nervous. And Miss Malice was also there. I didn't realize. Um, And a few months later, she messaged me asking if I'd like to be part of their their fundraiser show called Moxie, in which they book performers of all different levels. Um, So that was one of my first real like Brooklyn gigs, um, which was really exciting and totally, I would have ended up at Switch and Play eventually and been like, please book me. But Miss Malice got the ball rolling on that for sure. Nice. I want to talk fashion a little bit. How would you describe Max's fashion? 
there's definitely some retro vibes. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, quintessential rock star pieces. I love my tight striped pants. I love my unbuttoned shirt. The layers of necklaces are a staple of mine. Um, lately, I've been getting a little more into um, like more feminine looks. Sure. Um, and like red lips. I love a red lip especially framed by my mustache and my goatee. Yeah. But <laughs> where do you get all your fashion from? Where do you, where, where, where's the secret spot? Um, not so secret, but forever 21. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and cheap I'm, too. Oh yes. Cheap. Sometimes too cheap. Um, but I've always found great pieces from forever 21. My favorite ruffle shirt is from there. Um, Forever 21 also um, frequently carries striped flare pants. Okay. Which like are exactly the retro vibe I like to go for. Forever 21, that's the place. Nice. Okay. You are the bubbly lime king. How did this campaign happen? It... um, so the campaign was created by PepsiCo, of course, which is mm-hmm. the parent company of Bubbly, along with Pride. Oh, what's their, what are they called? Along with Pride Media, I think is what they're called. Mm-hmm. And Pride Media, basically, my understanding of it is that they help brands and other types of things with their projects when they're queer oriented. So what was so great about the bubbly campaign is that I was working with fellow queer people. They were so respectful of my artistry as a drag performer. Um, My, they didn't bat an eye when I was very clear. I only want to be called Max. Mm -hmm. Don't call me by the name that's on my, um, on my, on my tax form or whatever. Um, So that was really great. It was I got the call and I was like, I don't know, this seems kind of weird. And then I realized like, wait, this isn't one of those Instagram influencer scams. Like this is a full campaign that I'm being paid for that in addition to uplifting drag artists also has a philanthropic aspect. Mm -hmm. The first pulse of the campaign, um, there were donations to the Center of Black Equity and to GLAAD the second, um, the second was another donation to GLAD and the final holiday video that we all did, which was a lot of fun. Um, that included a donation to Sage. Mm-hmm. So if it was great to be part of a thoroughly queer production that also like had its heart in a good place. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Even still being an advertisement, of course. Yeah, and, and what was really special about it is the inclusion of not just drag queens. Yes. Yeah, and I I was very lucky. I felt very lucky to be the the king representation. Yeah, and, and you were with a lot of big heavy hitters of New York. Yeah, yeah, I was. That was that was a surprise. Some some who may be on our TV screens right now. Yeah, that was like that so when we first had the campaign when the campaign was first casted and the first pulse came out i believe like tina burner rose i think they had already filmed drag race and then 
as the pulses continued and the campaign actually was elevated than when it was originally planned because the campaign was so successful. And the most, one of the most popular flavors in New York City was lime. There you go. (laughs) Which I like to take credit for. But it was funny because then all of a sudden, like Rose and Tina, their their schedule was a little different. And then rumors started going around. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, some big heavy hitters involved. Now, do you get bubbly for life now? Oh my God, I wish. I do not, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it's good stuff. I enjoy it. I, I'm definitely a fan. Yes, it's very like, I remember when I first tried it, I was surprised by how flavorful it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely like a, a real listeners. Hit. We're not sponsored by bubbly, but bubbly, if you would like to sponsor block talk, I'm totally here for it. I will drink bubbly and burp the entire podcast. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And, and it, even on drag race, um, they're part of the show. Cause uh, I think the first episode of the, season 13, you saw Tina drinking bubbly. Oh yeah. I, I heard that. And that was the other thing that made me be like, okay, like, I feel comfortable like partnering up with this company because they had already done some stuff on drag race like a year or so prior. So that was another like good omen. Yeah, absolutely. Digital drag. It was the 2020 thing. It's still the 2021 thing for now, maybe longer. Who knows? How have you adopted to the digital drag world? I'm very lucky because I kind of learned all this stuff when I was in school. Mm -hmm. Like I know how to use Premiere. Lucky um, you. As I know, um, actually I wanted to be a film director when Mm -hmm. I was younger. So I know a lot about like different styles of shots and the best way to plan a filming day. And like, I have a little bit, um, a little bit of knowledge that definitely helped with the transition. I am very much in awe of the performers who didn't come from the same background I did that were like, okay, time to learn how to use a green screen. And it's, it's crazy stuff. I definitely am not doing digital drag at the same space, at the same pace that I was doing real life shows. I, I do enjoy digital drag though. Pre-recorded numbers only. I do not like live zoom shows yeah it, it's it's definitely a hard thing to do i mean obviously i and harry olagrande have been doing elation since may and we've been having pre-recorded numbers through a zoom party platform but there's still delays as you're watching it and, and it sucks but for us we wanted to be able to have that feeling of we're all together even though we're not yeah so we weren't going to make our performers perform live that would have been terrible but we're all getting to watch the video at the same time and comment on it. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. As long as the performances are pre-recorded, because like performing live, you don't know if your audio right. um, is loud enough. You don't know if there's a lag. <sighs> Too many factors. Mm-hmm. And even are- like my other shows that I'm doing, I've been doing on Vimeo because I can make a private link that YouTube won't say, you can't use this song and delete the entire thing. Yeah. But you are going to be partaking. This probably will come out after the show, but you will be partaking um, in Love Bites with Amanda Pork. Yes. I'm really excited about that because me and Amanda, we've talked a few times. 
um, about different shows and it just hasn't worked out. This one worked out perfectly and is happening on my birthday. That's incredible. So it's, it's, it's actually a your birthday show. Everyone else just happens to be there. Yep. Everyone just happens to be there. I will accept gifts, compliments, yeah. accolades. In addition to that, you have your own YouTube channel. Um, I want, we'll, we'll talk about specific content in a moment, but I have to say my favorite video of yours is the hundred drag king names in two minutes. <laughs> Thank how, you. how long had you compiled that list? Some of them, I definitely have a note on my phone mm -hmm. that like every time like me or my partner says something, we're like, oh my God, that's a drag name. I write it down. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely, that was actually the first video I ever filmed. That mm -hmm. was like my practice video. Um, and I was like, you know what? I should just get in front of the camera and do this and I'll save the footage if I ever need to fill in a gap in content. Yeah. But it was definitely fun coming up with those names. I'm happy that's your favorite one. It, it, I, I love punny names. Like the other day I was a little high and came up with a drag queen name. And I was like, maybe I'm just going to start drag just to have this name. Um, Adele Weiss. Edelweiss. Edelweiss. Oh. from sound of music yeah yeah i was like it's so punny it's so specific and really bad there are some names that like they take me too long to figure out and then i'm like oh my yeah. god how did i not realize there was someone's name recently that i was like oh yeah duh there are so many clever punny names out yeah. there. Well, I mean, for the longest time, I was like, I don't understand Rita Vega. Like, what kind of name is that? And then, and then after the show, she's like, oh, no, it's like Rutabaga. I was like, you really are French Canadian. Like, I, why? Why do you want to be a Rutabaga? I don't That's get it. Like, um, Courtney Act. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't get it. And It's all with the like, accent. Yeah. Someone was like, you need the Australian accent. Cause then it's caught in the act. And I was like, Oh yeah. my God, like mind completely mm -hmm. blown. I I'm sure someone has it already, but I told Amanda that if she ever did was a drag King, uh, she has to go by Chris P bacon. Oh. <laughs> Keeping the same brand. Oh my God. That's a good one. So tell the listeners a little bit about what other content you are delivering to the kids. So when I was first starting off my channel, it was very based in like drag tips. Mm -hmm. Like I shared my three tips for coming up with a drag persona, um, which I learned from my own experience. There's a lot of that. I share my own experience um, as a part of a greater lesson yeah. that other aspiring performers can learn from. Um, as my channel has continued, um, I've gotten a little bit more into, like, I like to do, um, movie reviews, mm -hmm. um, television reviews. I reviewed Sasha Belor's Nightgowns show that was on Quibi. Right. I reviewed- Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Quibi. Um, I'm hoping Nightgowns will rise again. Fingers crossed. I, I hope they're able to get that content out somewhere else. Cause I know there are a lot of people who missed it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, I no, never got a chance to see it because, uh, like, I had Quibi, but, like, there were a lot of other things to focus on. Um, so I hope it gets out there somehow. Yeah, and those performances were 
absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I gushed about it on my YouTube channel. I also like to do um, music video reaction videos. Mm -hmm. um, my first video that I put out there under my like Max Pleasure YouTube channel was a reaction video to Taylor Swift's The Man music video in which she technically does drag. Yeah. So I was like, I need to like, I need to watch this. I need to react to it because I have opinions about drag kinging and Taylor Swift. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, but my channel will hopefully be returning in February. Um, I'm planning out some drag related content. Um, might even dip my toe into making tutorials mm -hmm. uh, to help those new drag kings out there with their mustaches. Um, but there's also some like really exciting lifestyle re related content that I'm excited to put out That's there. That's awesome. And where, where, what, how do we find it? Where, give the kids the, the link. The link is youtube.com slash max pleasure. Simple enough. Yep. Very easy. Just don't forget the three X's. <laughs> All right, so we're going to play a game called This or That. I'm going to give you two options, and you're going to pick which one you like better. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right or wrong? Right. Cheese or crackers? Cheese. Day or night? Day. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Wealth or happiness? Happiness. Candy or cookies? Candy. <laughs> Apple or orange? Apple. Carrot or celery? Celery. Music or podcast? Music. Bath or shower? Bath. Heartbreaker or heartbroken? I guess heartbreaker. And finally, for folklore or evermore? <gasps> Oh shit. Oh my God. This is so hard. I love how you saved the hardest one for last. Uh, Evermore has really grown on me. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to have to pick Evermore. What is the origin of the Taylor Swift obsession? <laughs> oh my God. This is so embarrassing. Okay. So I'm obsessed with Taylor Swift after years of being like, oh, she's a girly girl. Like, I don't like country music. I don't like her whole princess fantasy. After years of that, um, Reputation came out, mm -hmm. which is her sixth album or seventh. Um, and that is when I became familiar with the Gaylor Swift theory. Oh which, boy. Yep, um, which goes hand in hand with Kaler. The Gaylor Swift theory is that Taylor Swift is secretly a lesbian and that all of her relationships have been carefully crafted for publicity to sell her girl next door straight narrative and to also supply an explanation for her love songs that actually came from very intimate sapphic love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Um, and then Kaler is the theory that her best friend, Carly Kloss, was actually her partner. Oh, I like this. I like yeah. this. I like the conspiracy theories. I like, when I tell you I'm obsessed, I'm obsessed. Have you been to a concert? No, I haven't. Okay, okay. 
Ugh. Did you watch the concert things on Disney Plus? Yes. <laughs> I did. And let me tell you, I was so angry because she kept talking about her boyfriend, who, of course, I don't believe is actually her boyfriend. <laughs> Doesn't go with the conspiracy. Yeah. So that's that's me at my core. This is very intimate that I'm sharing with you, but yes. Have I, you performed any Taylor Swift before? No. Any aspirations I, to? I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of criticisms of her that are very warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, she definitely has flirted with a little bit of appropriation in the past. Um, also, like... If, you, if you're not familiar and if you don't believe with the Gale or Swift theory, you need to calm down from her album Lover is like this weird gay pandering thing. Yeah. So it's definitely, I haven't really thought out the idea of performing to Taylor, but if I ever do, it's going to be something that's very carefully thought out. Sure. Absolutely. Speaking of performances and music, what would you say is your signature number? <clears throat> oh shit. Um, my signature number is probably Rock Lobster. Mm-hmm. I performed that number with a um, fellow purchase student back when I first started doing drag in Brooklyn. That's the number that got me booked for my first Bushwig. And that's the number that I brought to Bushwig. Mm-hmm. It's um, still to this day, one of the numbers I'm the most proud of. And um, that's what a lot of people were introduced to me with. So I guess Rock Lobster. Where do you find the inspiration for your mixes or the songs that you perform? I get a lot of inspiration from my own personal life mm-hmm. in the sense that like, if there's like an idea that's stuck in my head or there's this one thing that, this one event in my life that was really important in this, in the case of my save a prayer number, which is the number that I did at nightgowns, um, that was phone sex that happened, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) which was actually really important to me. So like, you know, I was kind of like thinking about this event that happened and like stewing over it and like, thinking about what it meant for me, what it meant for her, the girl that I had phone sex with and, you know, and how that would affect everything else. Um, So like I gain a lot of inspiration from important events, from ideas that I have in my head. Um, At the beginning of my drag journey, I was very character focused. So like that where, that's where like rock lobster came from. I was like, what if I was a guy who had lobster claws for hands? but yeah, as I've done drag, as I've continued doing drag over the years, the inspiration has come from a lot more personal place. I love that. Are there any numbers of yours that you wish people would stop requesting and perhaps retire? Oh, I actually don't get numbers requested that often. I, I'm lucky that I get to pick and choose which ones, mm-hmm. which ones that I do. I have retired a few numbers though. Um, but I definitely am always thinking about ways that I could possibly bring them back revamped and better even than they were before. 
if you were to do like a max pleasure cabaret what what would the show be what would we see i first of all the cabaret would have one overarching theme because i like to be very organized by that i actually did do um a few years ago, I did the Petra Fried show mm-hmm. at Rock Bar. Yeah. So I did actually get to do like a Max Pleasure Cabaret. I did mm. have a friend who also performed alongside because I was way too nervous to do a whole show by myself. Sure. Um, but I think if I were to do a Max Pleasure Cabaret now, you would definitely see some version of Rock Lobster. Save a Prayer, of course, would be in there in its revamped glory. Um, and I think also there might be a mega mix of the character numbers that I started out with. One of my first performances was a Beetlejuice number. Love it. Um, there was a Toy Story spoof, a Kylo Ren from Star Wars spoof. I, oh, Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. That's one that I do a lot. Um, so I think there'd definitely be some sort of medley of all those character numbers. I love that. How important is drag to the community? Why is it so important? Why is it so important to like humanity? Just or to just to the queer community in general. Oh, the community. Yeah. Drag is Hmm. This is a great question. Drag is such an amazing art form because it's so personal. Like I said earlier, like it's, it's you control every aspect of it, first of all. You're your own customer, choreographer, director, all that. But it also, drag comes from such a personal place. It's, it's, right. it's the queer art form, right? Like, um, so there's definitely an aspect of vulnerability. It's empowering. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm sure like a photographer would say photography is empowering. Sure. But like, you know, doing drag is something that's really special. And it's something that really, I mean, now with digital drag, it's a little different, but drag is an art form that's very location-based. Right. Like it's drag is drag when it's done in a bar surrounded by an audience of queer people. Like if it's if it's in a different location historically, then it's called something different. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, drag is so important and it's so empowering and it's also life-saving for those. I mean, for me, it doing drag, the art, and then immersing myself in the drag community, it's really opened up my whole world and like has changed my life in a way that I never thought that it would. I love that. I love that. Drag and sexuality. There is always an assumption that all drag artists are gay. What's the correlation and how do we debunk that? Ooh, I did not expect this question. Um, Drag is the gay art form, kind Mm -hmm. of, you know. Um, I think that our understanding of gender as something separate from sexuality. Mm-hmm. I think that 
as that understanding gets more fleshed out and as more people come to understand the differences, um, I think we kind of will see that kind of debunked that you have to be a homosexual right. to be a drag performer. Um, and I'm saying homo specifically because I think that bisexual, pansexual, queer people, I think there's still sometimes that when you walk in with someone who, when you walk into the bar holding the hand of someone who appears to be the opposite sex, there's that kind of like, mm-hmm. huh? I, yeah. I mean, like a great example is the relationship between Aria Durchi and Pussy Willow. Yes. People question it and that's not fair. Why? Why do people question it? It's not your place to question it. It's not. It's definitely not. It, it's it's very interesting because then again you have someone like Vicky Deville who I believe identifies as straight and mm-hmm. is she not allowed to do drag then? Come on, come on, people. Yeah, and that's even I don't know many I don't know of many cis male drag kings, mm-hmm. but I, that question has come up. I think when I was still on Facebook and in the drag king groups, that kind of question would come up like, are cis straight men allowed to do drag? Yeah. I guess the answer is yes, because once you start gatekeeping, where do you stop? Right. You know? I mean, I, I don't know if he would allow this uh, assumption or this perception, but I think Adam Lambert is a drag king in a way. Yes, <laughs> he is. He is absolutely a drag king. Because he transforms himself to be this character on stage. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Lady Gaga is a drag queen. Exactly. So I, I hope in 2021 we we accept and allow this to be a thing because I, I have no aspirations to do drag, but I feel like if I was going to do some sort of performance art, I would want to be more of a drag king. And I don't know if that would fly in our community right now. I think it, def- it would definitely fly in Brooklyn. So if you sure, ever sure. want to come visit, you're welcome to. But I think that overlap of drag and burlesque, mm-hmm. that kind of is birthing this gray area where a lot more cis or um what's the right way to say this like it kind of gives more of a playful gray area for people to um play with maybe the gender they were assigned and stuff like there's definitely a better way to phrase that but i'm blanking on it i think you get what i mean yeah totally totally How important is social media to the drag scene? It's so important. (laughs) It's so important. I like have become like, like I've studied Instagram. I've studied YouTube because it's become such an important part of advertising yourself as a drag performer, as making connections, especially now when it's all we really have to connect with each excuse me, to connect with each other. Right. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? Hmm. I wonder if, I don't think the drag scene is going to bounce back to where it was Mm pre-pandemic. I think there are definitely going to be some changes. Hopefully the repercussions won't still be felt five years from now but i'm hoping that i'm hoping we'll see a lot more 
drag things a lot more drag performers who don't feel the need to put themselves in the box of king or queen Mm -hmm. um i hope we see i hope there are some drag shows that start at seven o'clock at night (laughs) (laughs) that'd be nice in five years i'm gonna be over 30 so my bedtime will probably be even earlier than it is now so i selfishly hope for early shows (laughs) i hear that i hear that will there be a drag king on drag race within that five years i hope so i have do you have drag race aspirations no i mean but maybe it'll be different once they start having i'm sure they'll only start with one drag king on the show but maybe if drag race gets in the groove of having performers that aren't drag queens maybe if rupaul hands the mantle over to somebody else um maybe i will want to be on drag race i don't think that my drag is very well suited for competitions like that Mm -hmm. i um i tend to always stick with the same hair and the same general face um i can already hear michelle visage telling me that my look is too repetitive and that i need to branch out but you know who knows maybe one day i will I'll have you to- have you competed in drag competitions before? Yes. Did I, you enjoy it? I actually did. I did a drag pageant in the Berkshires in Massachusetts mm-hmm. a few years ago. And I did it because a friend asked me. Nancy Nogood was helping um, produce the pageant. And she was like, we want to make sure we have a diverse group. Like, do you want to be in this pageant? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not, I guess. And I think because I didn't put that pressure on myself is why I had such a good time. um, Me and my friends made a road trip out of it. I won the Brooklyn Nightlife Award the night before we went to Massachusetts. So I definitely had a little bit extra spring in my stuff. Um, But I came in second place. That's amazing. Yeah, which is really cool. Especially cool because I didn't... I wasn't tearing my hair out preparing, you know sure. what I mean? Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think I would like to do more pageants, especially like even if not to win, just to get dr- a drag king in there. Absolutely. I love that. We're going to play Tea Time. It's everyone's favorite game. We're going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, brothers, friends, people you share a stage with, people you share a photo with, people you share a poster with. And okay. you're going to spill some tea, tell us, tell us how much you love them, tell us how much you hate them, whatever you want to do. Okay. <laughs> Let's start off with someone we mentioned before, Sherry Poppins. Oh, so, okay. I'm just going to like dish out some dirt about Sherry. Yes. Um, so my fondest memory of Sherry is, um, it was Christ with a Q's, or I'm sorry, um, Christ Almighty now. Christ Almighty had a drag show for their senior project, which like every purchase student Mm -hmm. has to do. Sherry got absolutely wasted. Like she drank a whole bottle of like yellowtail or like some like shitty wine. Oh boy. During the performance. And then was like after party at my campus apartment. So everybody went to her apartment, arrived, and was turned away because she was vomiting. Like, oh no! Yeah. So um, that was still a really fun night, though. Christ, 
um, yes, Christ. I'm, I'm very excited about their name change. Christ Almighty and I like hung out and like smoked cigarettes and like talked late into the night as we usually do. Um, but yes, that's my favorite Sherry Poppins story. I love that. Yeah. One of the, another time that I saw you was at Albatross at Sherry's show. Yes, that was fun. That was a good night. Cause that, you know, like th- those shows are like, okay, if there's like five people here, whatever, you just have fun. You're hanging out with yeah. everyone. And that was also a lot of fun because I knew some people like Aria, mm-hmm. Pussy Willow. Oh wait, I'm thinking of Pussy Willow's show. Was it Pussy Willow's? Maybe show? it was Pussy Willow's show. I think, I think. But Sherry was there, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. she was. And that's what was so fun. I was like, there are people here that I know. And then there's this, I get to have a glimpse of this whole other scene yeah. that I'm not really familiar with. It's fun to like see how like different bars do their thing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, the next person we we're going to talk about, you kind of alluded to already because there's some order to this, but I guess Christ Almighty. Oh, Christ Almighty. Oh my God. Do I have dirt on Christ? I mean, I definitely do, but like, is it like <laughs> fun stuff? Um, this is more of a read on me. When I first was like getting my footing in the Brooklyn scene, me and Christ, I think we went out for sushi or something. And I was talking about Bushwig and how I was so stressed out because Bushwig was fast approaching and I didn't hear anything yet, even though her horchata specifically was like, you should be in Bushwig. So, of course, I'm a newbie. I'm tearing my hair out. Bushwig is always, you don't get an email until like three weeks prior. Right. But so I was talking about horchata and I kept saying horinchata. Like I added an N in there for some reason. And Christ is smoking their cigarette, looks at me and is like, it's horchata, not horinchata. And like, we kind of looked at each other and I was like, okay, okay. Like, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a good Christ story, teaching me how to pronounce the mother of Brooklyn drag name. Very important, very formative. Next, we have Junior Mint. Oh, Junior! Junior is literally a ray of light in a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, me and Junior had a great night once. We were booked for two different shows the same night. Mm -hmm. One was this weird weed party in Manhattan. Naturally. Yeah, it was like very bougie. Uh Uh-huh. It was just very, very weird. So me and Junior were the only Brooklyn people there. There were some plenty of other really nice performers, but we were definitely like looking at like all the CBD gummies they had, like, I was like so nervous because I'm I'm sober and I was like, I don't even want to eat anything that has CBD in it. So I was like inspecting all the hors d'oeuvres, like, does this have weed yeah. stuff? Um, but so anyway, me and Junior did this really weird show. We both left with our pockets stuffed with <laughs> joints and CBD gummies because I was like, I'm going to be the most popular person in my friend group. Um, but then um, I had a car at the time, so we drove to the next gig together. Um, which was in Brooklyn and like we just had such a great time like this was my first it wasn't my first one-on-one time with Junior Mm -hmm. but it was the first time where all we could do was just talk 
you know, yeah. I didn't have to run into a performance. So like, we really got to know each other. And like, Junior is someone who I have so much affection for. And um, that was the night that like that sparked for me. Yeah, their, their voice is very important. And they're going to do amazing things. She is. She really is. Um, and you were recently on our podcast. Yes. The brand new podcast. Everyone's come for my podcast gig. <laughs> it's even, there were times when I was making my videos for my channel and I was like, why the fuck didn't I do a podcast? Right. I mean, I, I do a podcast because I have a face for radio. Um, so that's <laughs> why we're, we do it this way, but it's, it's a really fun, effective platform. Yeah. And I feel like podcasts are like, really easy for people to get into it's yeah. not like a youtube video where you kind of have to sit down and watch it right you, know? you can put you can put block talk on as you're falling asleep and if you fall asleep in the middle of the interview you can go back and listen to it <laughs> exactly. totally fine. all right next we have enos who enos fw <gasps> nsfw NS. yes I, you might be pronouncing it i've always pronounced it well, the, the, yeah, I mean, the pun is probably there, but. That was one of the names I was like, oh my God. Like when mm -hmm. I Ennis and I, we did meet in real life. Let me think like what a good story is that I have. I don't know. I, I worked with him in Brooklyn. Wang Newton hosted a show that mm -hmm. we were both in. And then I did a virtual show with NS. Actually, so here's like a little bit of like, ooh, tea. Um, that's not really, it's not gossip. But I was planning to do an LA tour before the pandemic happened. Ah. Yeah, a California tour, technically. Um, but yeah, so I was like emailing NS, like, can I be part of Man Candy when I'm out there? And like trying to figure out, you know, who else I might want to work with. Um, cause it was also, it was going to be timed with Oak Lash. Mm -hmm. Um, and that of course ended up not happening. So that's my tea related to Ennis. Damn. Pandemic ruins everything. Yeah. Next up is Angelica Frankenstein. My sweet love. Um, Angelica Frankenstein is like my buddy mm -hmm. um we our friendship means so much to me there's got to be some good tea that i can share is this like are we dishing dirt or am i just whatever you want i mean if you if you people? both whenever you want to share <laughs> i'm and like i know i'm sure i have a really funny story that angelica would be totally okay with me with me sharing um Angelica was the host of my short-lived drag show, Guilty Pleasures, mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. Um, oh yeah, so Angelica and I, this is something that, an interesting tidbit. Angelica, I guess, coined this phrase to describe a drag move that a lot of Brooklyn performers do, which is when you just roll around and writhe on the floor. Okay. Okay. That is one of Angelica's favorite moves. Um, and she calls that wrestling the ghost. Okay. It looks like you're wrestling a ghost. Um, she is the best ghost wrestler that I know. <laughs> she has That's, the champion belt. That sounds like a new show coming to Brooklyn next year. 
That's, I'm going to have to text her about that. Next we have Vicky DeVille. Vicky, oh my God. So <laughs> I met Vicky on a panel for L'Oreal, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. And I was like, all right, now I'm going to like, because I've skipped tea for everybody else, I'm going to pour the tea for this. I like was so intimidated by Vicky because she is so beautiful. <laughs> and she's like, stunning. And then like knowing that she's beautiful out of drag also. Mm-hmm. And like, like, oh my God, like the levels of beauty just do yeah. not stop. Um, yes. And she is straight. And I remember that because I am disappointed that she's straight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Who knows if she'll listen to this? Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> next up, let's hope this next person listens. Sasha Valor. Sasha. Oh man. Um, what is there to say about, about Sasha? Um, I want to share like I've got to have something good. I like, I'm really lucky because we, we haven't worked together a lot by far, but I did nightgowns with her. I did the um, opening ceremony fashion show with her. Mm -hmm. There was something else too that I think I did. I feel like I've gotten to be a part of really cool Sasha Velour opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think like what tidbit I can share that's behind the curtain. I'm sorry. I'm not very good at this because I take, I like, don't just spew shit. I have to like, be like, okay, yeah. what can I share? What will they be okay with? Um, and of course this is like a high stakes one because she's like a celebrity. Um, international superstar. An international superstar. Um, What was like the first interaction you had with Sasha? Oh, the first interaction I ever had with her, we were at the same Switch and Play show mm-hmm. and it had just been announced that she was going to be on Drag Race. So of course, Miss Malice was like, gave her a shout out. Everyone cheered yeah. for her like, yes, Brooklyn. Um, and I was on a date with my, fr- she's now my friend with Shelby. And Shelby is like, the she has no shame and she also kind of has no fear in social Uh scenarios so um sasha and johnny were sitting there and i was like oh like that's sasha i like know of her obviously because i like know people that work with her and she was like we should just go say hi let's go say hi and I was like, if you think so, like, I don't know. And so she dragged me to Sasha. We said, hello. Um, Shelby gave Sasha a pin right off her jacket. She was like, do you like it? You can have it. Oh my God. And I was like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, I was like, hi, I'm Max Pleasure. Like I'm new in town. Um, but that was the first time I ever interacted with her. And it was the... I'm pretty sure that was the only time since um, then getting booked for nightgowns later on. So nice. it was a big gap of time. Yeah. 
but yeah, so that's my little, that's my little Sasha story that I'll share with the podcast. <laughs> Let's go with another nightgowns queen, Untitled Queen. Untitled. One time Untitled was really drunk at a show that I did and she was like, you're so cute. You're so cute. Sorry, am I embarrassing you? You're just so cute. And I was like, thank you. Like, I really like Untitled. So I wasn't like insulted or uncomfortable that this drunk person was fawning all over me. (laughs) But she literally was like, you're so cute. Okay, I'll leave you alone now. And like, then like (laughs) drunkenly like walks away. But yeah, I love Untitled. I really admire her work so much. Next, we're going to go with a a, a group as opposed to a singular entity. Let's talk about the nobodies. (laughs) I, the nobodies are so special to me. Um, What's a good, we did a show together. We produced a show together called Men Are Trash. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook was like, you can't say that. So we changed the show to JK, men are very good, LOL. Um, <laughs> but so oh my God, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that was a show that we produced together. And um, backstage, this was also, this is also a Sweaty Eddie story too. Um, we were all backstage and the whole conversation was about quitting drag. Like Richard, who's the um, who founded the Cake Boys, was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna quit drag." And like Sweaty Eddie was like, "You always say that, Richard." And like DJ Accident Report was like, "Why are all you guys quitting drag? Like, <laughs> doesn't make sense." But yeah, those I feel like performing with the Nobodies is always like a really fun spontaneous adventure their drag brunch was a lot of fun speaking of drag brunches someone who has definitely done a drag brunch or two emmy great (laughs) yeah we did a drag we did the nobody's drag brunch together i definitely have to have a good story about emmy (laughs) um me and my partner we quote emmy regularly Um, because at her show last month tonight, she was, um, telling the crowd about her adventures with Grindr and yeah. So someone was like, so are you a woman or a man? And like, then they, I think they were like, are you transgender? And Emmy telling the story, she was like, I said, no, like she leaned forward and (laughs) no in this low quiet voice into the mic and me and my partner always go no like <laughs> that's so funny with emmy she's nuts uh-huh yeah absolutely totally. nuts but she has a good heart for sure mm-hmm. absolutely and finally someone you mentioned before i want i want the tea on someone who ha- has has a, a twin nancy no good <gasps> okay I definitely have tea about Nancy we have a group chat um that Nancy her twin Dane Shelby Bunny Buxom we're all in the group chat what's a good thing about Nancy um I did at the Berkshire drag pageant it definitely devolved into everyone getting drunk and Dane and Nancy Nogood holding each other crying that definitely happened. It was a positive <laughs> moment. It was a heartwarming yeah. cry. 
Um, but that's a good moment that I look at fondly. Nancy is, she's like a professional. She mm-hmm. does, you know, it, it's, it's her theater background. Yes. For sure. Um, she is also the queen of not rehearsing. Like I'm the king of not rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been, there's been plenty of time where Dane is like fixing something that like should have been done already. Dane is definitely like the... I don't want to say brains of the operation, but Dane is definitely like, okay, let's figure out how we're actually going to do this. Meanwhile, Nancy is the one with like all the crazy ideas. Yeah. 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 What would a Max and Nancy show be? It's kind of crazy that we've never talked about one. A Max and Nancy show, I feel like would end up being really punk rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there would definitely be some references in there. We both loved Watchmen, the TV show. Okay. And like, I think she also likes Taylor Swift. So I think we would definitely have a very punk rock show that would have these like little nuggets of like great media sound bites in there. Love that. It would be a very organized production. We'd have a stage crew um, filled with our twin and triplet siblings. <laughs> thing. The audience would look the same as the performers on stage. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, it would be a fun night. I'll have to ask her. Yeah. We'll something going. There you go. So let's, let, let's say in a hypothetical world that Max Pleasure is on Drag Race and it's time for Snatch Game. Who would you do? I would do Russell Brand. Yeah, that checks out. That works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another guy who like, when I actually- Nut job, absolute nut job. Absolutely nuts. But he's so, first off, I was, I would show up to gigs and people would be like, you know, you look like Russell Brand. And I'd be like, oh yeah, cool. So like, I got more, like I read both his books. Mm -hmm. Um, I've listened to his podcast. I feel like a real kinship with him because- he he's sober now he's like a buddhist like very zen um but i would definitely do russell brand nice i love that i'd have to practice the accent though there you go okay so you've fallen down a rabbit hole on youtube what are you watching taylor swift conspiracy videos (laughs) that's amazing i I feel like I've i've got to do that tonight it's it is a rabbit hole if you're gonna if you think you're gonna look for only a few minutes definitely set aside three hours oh boy okay okay all right all right it's intense all right all right if you had to pick one new york city drag artist to be your partner on the amazing race who would it be (laughs) um not nancy okay not nancy um, I guess Angelica Frankenstein. Okay. Who, who's going to be jumping off of the buildings? <laughs> See, I guess it would be me then. So maybe <laughs> I didn't make the right choice. <sighs> who's going to be eating the weird food? It's going to be me. I'm going to end up doing, <laughs> I'm going to end up doing everything. It's going to be you. You're going to do all the fun things. <laughs> So we're going to move into the pop five rapid fire where I'm going to give you five pop culture headline stories, things that happen in the news. And you're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about for each. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Number one, we will start with Drag Race season 13. That's the most recent one, right? Yeah. It's currently happening. I don't see. I, I don't watch Drag Race. I don't, even though I did, there's the David Bowie um, scandal right now. Um, yeah, from yeah. Uh, Drag Race UK. That happened yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little upset about that, but whatever. Yeah, I just don't get how, that's like a classic David Bowie look. I think based on how I interpret it, they were not a fan of the dress part of it they they would have preferred more androgynous as opposed to drag and a, you know drag show yeah see this is like my this is the extent of my interactions with drag race i follow <laughs> on twitter and instagram and form my own judgmental opinions and then i'm like can you believe that there you but go i don't even know half the story all right, number two is Ariana Grande drops 34 plus 35 remix with Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat. What am I just reacting to the headline? Yeah. Um, Megan Thee Stallion is so hot. She is the hot girl. Mm-hmm. I guess that's her whole brand. Yeah. Um, but yes. Number three is Sex in the City reboot. I, I don't get how they're going to do it without Samantha. That doesn't make any sense to me because mm-hmm. she was the, she was like the, I mean this in the positive way. She was the slut of the group. Wasn't she was. She? She so was. how, how are you going to have sex in the city without her? They will find some like supporting character to do like two episode arc. And that's going to be the Samantha replacement. I do. I am hoping that there's going to be some positive bisexual representation in mm-hmm. the reboot. Um, because I have a fellow bisexual friend who like was like they yeah they did not know what bisexuality was when the show was airing because yeah. there's some like really weird stuff in there. And, and you would hope Cynthia Nixon would um, have a little more push and say this time around. I you would think that all of them would. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure they're asking for millions and millions of dollars. Absolutely. And amount of power to make it happen. Absolutely. All right. Number four is a very weird, interesting headline that has come out. Army Hammer is a cannibal. (laughs) I cannot get over that. To be honest, that's not even the grossest thing about Army Hammer, in my opinion. (laughs) No. I, um, in addition to being obsessed with the Taylor Swift lesbian theories i also really like celebrity blind items mm-hmm. and like if what the what's posted on those sites is true army hammer is like a major dirt bag yeah like fantasizing about eating someone's beating heart is not that big of a deal in my opinion when he's like basically abandoning his children and like cheating on his wife and like yeah you know, I mean that's that's probably a quote that someone on Grinder gets on an every everyday basis. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, so maybe he's gay. <laughs> I am. You would hope that that he is that he's gay. Yeah. Like, I don't think that he is. I think in no. your name press, he made it very clear, which I think is like really, if you're gonna play a gay character, at least like 
take it up the butt but once. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to play a gay character, maybe be a little fluidly straight. At yeah. least be a little fluid. You know what I mean? Exactly. All right, number five, Betty White to turn 99. An icon. She's an icon. And I can't wait for the tweets that are going to be like, Betty White today was laid to rest for her afternoon nap on her birthday. Like, <laughs> you know how like whenever like, Betty White trans, people are like, oh my God, she's dead. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope we just put her in a bubble for the next year because she needs to get to 100. It's got to happen. That would be so iconic. Mm-hmm. Sure would. So, Fan Corner, I have, I have two questions for you from the fans. <gasps> Ooh, okay. Um, first from Elliot Francis Flynn. When will there be new episodes on your YouTube channel? <laughs> That's my triplet sibling. And I'm sure the second question is also from a sibling of mine. Nope, 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 nope. Really? Oh, okay. So I'm sorry. What was the question from? When will there be new episodes on your YouTube channel? I think I'm going to release a video the week of my birthday. Okay, cool. And then I'm going to try to be consistent from there, but we'll see. (laughs) Well, speaking of videos, this is a question from, let's see if you can figure out who it is after I ask the question. Okay. When are we filming Faith Hill and Tim McGraw duets? That was Emmy Great, wasn't it? That was Demi, that was Emmy Great. <laughs> she always wants to do a duet with me. Always. But what, uh, what is the origin of Faith Hill and Tim McGraw? See, Emmy likes to decide and you gotta <laughs> go along with Yeah. We have um, but one day, one day we will do a duet together. I'm actually surprised we didn't do an off the cuff duet at the nobody's drag brunch mm-hmm. because it's always just like spontaneous, crazy shit that happens. What would like- your dream duet with Emmy Great be? Definitely something really dramatic, mm-hmm. like maybe an opera maybe phantom of the opera or 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 the prayer celine dion and andrea bocelli see that would make sense yeah that would make sense i love doing i like threw shade when i said it's emmy's decision and i just go along with it but i do actually like like spur of the moment duets where like like i did a duet with minnie horowitz once Mm -hmm. that was a very spur of the moment we never rehearsed it but it was a lot of fun. I like yeah. playing with other people and playing yeah. off of other people. Like me and Gina Tonic have had many um, great spontaneous mm-hmm. duets. Yeah, I just hope if if there is a Celine duet with you and Emmy that Emmy keeps her clothes on. She probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. Her and Celine, they don't keep their clothes on together, but it's fine, it's fine. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Okay. And this is a question from Nikki Otev. Okay. What is the question? Well, her question was, if you could unbook one of the season 13 girls, who would not have made it to Drag Race? See, this is when the knowledge of Drag Race would would come in handy. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's great that 
queens aspire to be on Drag Race and they get on Drag Race. I would never take that away from anyone. There you go. Political <laughs> answer. I love it. Well, now is your turn to ask my next guest a question. Okay. Um, if you had to pick a new drag name, what would it be? I like that. I like that one. We here want to try to expand the Block Talk audience and bring in new voices. Who do you want to hear on a future episode of Block Talk? Hmm. Um, I would love for Richard, the founder of the Cake Boys, to talk a little bit more about their vision for the Cake Boys. I think that's a really cool thing that I think a lot of people would find really inspirational. Nice. Well, I'll definitely reach out and make that happen. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? Oh, no. You froze. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? The most important question of the day. (laughs) Um, You can find me on Instagram at Mr. M Pleasure. That's M-R dot M Pleasure. I'm on Twitter, Mr. Max Pleasure. That's also my Venmo. Um, and then, of course, you can find me on YouTube just by searching my name, Max Pleasure. That's the name three of my X's. channel. With three X's, don't forget. <laughs> well, it was so much fun chatting with you. Thank you. This was really a lot of fun. I wish I had been more uh i had more tea to serve at tea time (laughs) next time next time but thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me the biggest thanks to max for coming on subscribe on apple Podcasts, google play spotify soundcloud or stitcher and leave us a review while you're there if you have any questions or comments drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link like listen love until next time i'm michael block and that was block talk 